Hi, and welcome to the third episode of Publisher Nation, the podcast that examines all aspects of the publishing industry from the traditional publishing industry through new media such as podcasting, live stream video, interactive media, and more. I'm joined by my co-host, David Dunham of, of Grabber. David, say hello. Hello there, Bradley, and hello, listening audience. So good to be with you again. Yeah, great to be with you. And our guest today is Doug Hebbard, who goes by DB Hebbard on his site, TalkingNewMedia.com. It's a fantastic website and resource for the publishing industry. Doug, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us and uh, setting some of your time aside. We greatly appreciate it. Doug, I want to start with just allowing you to explain some of your background. You've been around publishing in the industry for years. You've seen a lot of things, been part of a lot of things. Share with us a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a newspaper person by trade. Um, received a journalism degree like many newspaper people way back when. I'm from the Detroit area, so when I graduated, I headed west, which was uh, also pretty normal. Uh, there weren't very many jobs in the Detroit area, and so I headed to Los Angeles. Couldn't find a, a job as a reporter or an editor because uh, that paid, so I ended up uh, in the advertising department at the Hearst Corporation, uh, the newspaper that they had there, the Los Angeles Herald-Examiner, sadly um, shuttered many years ago. Worked there, worked my way up, decided to stay on the ad side simply because uh, uh, I could influence the newspaper probably better there, um, sell a few pages of advertising, and suddenly you have more uh, space for editorial. Uh, got recruited uh, to Copley, but eventually ended up in the, the Bay Area working for a newspaper, and then was recruited to McGraw-Hill in San Francisco, which was a, a great company. While I was there, um, ended up with experience uh, launching a magazine uh, there. And once you're in the magazine business, magazine companies start to recruit you. And so I ended up in Chicago. Make a long story short, uh, worked for uh, what was then called Connors, uh, eventually turned out to be Read Business Information, publishing a couple of magazines. And we had our own book division. Uh, and also that's where we started uh, doing websites and other digital media things. Uh, eventually, uh, my last job, I ended up publishing nine magazines, which tells you a little bit about the magazine business and how crazy it is. No one should publish nine magazines. That's just, that's absurd. That seems like a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It started out with four, which was bad enough, but ended up with nine. Uh, when I left there, I didn't really know what to do, and... That's when rumors started that Apple was going to uh, launch what eventually became the iPad. And I remembered my experience at McGraw-Hill, where I was very lucky to have this very large, very, very talented uh, production staff. And uh, we were in a, a situation where I could receive a hand-me-down Mac like every six months, which would have Quark Express and Photoshop on it. And people would teach me how to do that. And even though I was the publisher, I really felt it was important to know all parts of the business. Now, if you're going to learn about what's going on with tablets, well, why not start a website and, that talks about it? You know, if, if you can pretend right from day one that you're an expert on a topic. And uh, so, that, so the site started in January of 2010. At the end of that month, uh, Steve Jobs introduced the iPad. And the site has been going on for now about seven and a half years, and we talk about things like digital editions, ebooks, 
Uh, and the site has evolved over the years, and now it's really pretty much a, a general publishing industry website, concentrating somewhat on digital media. If you're listening to this podcast, you owe it to yourself to stop what you're doing and go to TalkingNewMedia.com. I go there once a day. I love reading the site. It's really a phenomenal resource. Doug, uh, I've been looking forward to you coming on because uh, you and I are comrades in our anger and disappointment with how Apple has handled iBooks author Mm since its release back in 2012. So just to summarize, because uh, so much of, anytime I mention iBooks author, I get blank stares, I get people uh, asking, what is that? So back in 2012, um, January 2012, uh, Apple released uh, iBooks author, which is their free uh, interactive multimedia-driven digital publishing software. And It was very important to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs died in late 2011, just prior to the rollout of iBooks Author in January 2012. And um, I've personally have written articles uh, about uh, how important it was to Steve Jobs. Um, And he, Steve Jobs really saw the vision for the software. And for that and many other reasons, it's very sad that he is no longer with us. But it's clear that Apple... um, they don't, uh, as is the case for several other parts of their company, they don't have the vision for what to do with it. And, um, you know, my standpoint is it's phenomenal software. I'm a huge advocate of it. Uh, my company, Score Publishing, runs the annual iBooks Author Conference. So there's no question how much we love the software and we believe in it. Um, and that's where the pain comes in when Apple doesn't do things that we would love to see them do. And so all of that leads up to say that, Doug, I would love for you to say uh, and just sort of go on the record here with, if you were in charge of iBooks author at Apple, what are steps one, two, three, four, you know, the short-term stuff that you would do right away to start to move the software to where it would be closer to fulfilling its potential? Well, I think people have to remember that uh, Apple under Steve Jobs, uh, Jobs loved music. Everyone knows that. That's why he loved the iPod. Keynotes would always end with some music uh, and things like that. I mean, it, the, the, if you remember the iPhone introduction that, and you watch that video, he said that there were three things the, the phone did. What, the first one was it was an iPod. The second one, it was a phone. And the third one was that it was an internet communication device. And that, that was the one that everyone kind of shook their head and said, what? And in the end, that was the most important thing. Steve, though, was also a big reader. And he really saw the iPad as Apple's reading device. When he died, I think a lot of the momentum, a lot of the uh, support for the whole publishing side of things really went away. For me, uh, iBooks author is the reason my company has uh, published a whole series of books. Um, it starts with um, using that software to create a couple of my own books and then publishing several photography books, uh, even a novel, even if those eventually get translated into Kindle editions and, and print books. It starts with iBooks author, and it still does to a certain degree. The problem is, is that at the time in 2012, when it was introduced, I think we all thought we'd all be reading off of tablets, um, period. Mm -hmm. 
and many people still do. But then phones got bigger, and so it, Apple, after Steve Jobs died, it it wasn't one of their their biggest concerns. Uh, I still I I think I'm not 100 sure about this but that the team that even works on it really only works on it part time. So the first thing you should do is have a dedicated uh, software team. Um, my God, the company is so big and rich; they can afford to put a couple people on it full time. Sure. The the second thing is um, it has to be easier for somebody, let's say like myself, to create an interesting ebook that can reach readers. Period. And the thing is, where um, right now, iBooks Author does a great job of producing a, a book, an ebook for the iPad. It only does a great job of producing a great ebook for the iPhone if you if you basically dumb down your book. I'm currently working on an ebook where each chapter starts with a little film, and when you turn the first page, the film starts right away, and then you it ends quickly, and then you move on to the onto the chapter. That looks great on an iPad. <laughs> I'm very happy with it. It just does not translate to an iPhone right now. Although I visualize that it could, I don't see why it couldn't. It's just iBooks author doesn't do that for you. Then I think the other thing, of course, that we all worry about is, well, what about reaching all those other readers? Uh, you know, Kindle readers, of course. Um, so, you know, it, being cross-platform is not something that's really in Apple's DNA, but there are times when it really needs to be, and I think they've noticed that they, you know, iTunes is available for the PC, and they're they're now making, uh, I think it's the basically the App Store. I don't know, or not the App Store, but uh, iTunes. I think Apple Music. Apple yeah. Music. They've made cross-platform, and uh, and it's funny because you know, under Steve Jobs, the iTunes went cross-platform, you know, which was big news and uh, certainly a, a turning point for. So much of what happened with Apple after that, but uh, yeah, you're, I think you're right. I think they do have um, sort of rotating software teams, and so iBooks Author sort of they get to it when they get to it, and uh, you know that's um, uh, an unfortunate attitude um, to have, you know, especially when you consider and the. I think my gripe is, you know, Apple under Tim Cook has turned into a very political company. Mm. And there's not anything inherently wrong with that. But then what starts to happen when you have a CEO making political opinions is you start to, that's the prism by which you judge the rest of the company. And so with iBooks Author specifically, iBooks Author is the software that could enable entire generations of young adults, uh, you know, teenagers, young adults, college-age students, graduate students, and more to express themselves. And, you know, without making this podcast political, uh, you know, there's a lot that people have to say these days. And uh, iBooks Author is the perfect tool for that. And Steve Jobs knew it. And uh, Apple used to know it, uh, but now not only does Apple not see that with iBooks Author, but in, they've also sort of let the iBooks Store fall into disrepair. So uh, it's a very um, uh, discordant uh, set of circumstances going on when you've got company leadership 
promoting a political standpoint, and yet the arm of the company that can enhance knowledge and enhance free speech and enhance education. Um, yeah, Apple's got a big education arm and they do a lot of fantastic things, but for iBooks author to fall by the wayside, I view it as very hypocritical. I've written about that. I view it as um, certainly unfortunate. Well, the, the thing with iBooks, the iBook store, is that what happen, is happening with that is following a pattern that happened with the newsstand, if we all remember that. Um, mm -hmm. the, the newsstand was launched in 2011, and for two years at least, it seemed like it was going to be this great marketplace for digital magazines, digital newspapers. Um, I was speaking to the CEO of uh, one of the more important uh, digital publishing platforms. And he, he surprised me by telling me that as early as 2012, he knew that Apple was going to abandon the newsstand. And I, I, that kind of surprised me, but they did. Um, but in 2013, when they start, it was starting to be apparent, the whole category got broken, basically. And, and if you, it's, I, I sometimes have conversations with people from Apple, and I say, you know, you realize that the App Store is actually broken for magazines and newspapers. And they look at me, you know, they, t they say, Why, what are you saying? And I say, well, let's walk through iTunes. And I walk them through, and I go through eventually to the subcategories, and I say, look at this page. And then they always get the same reaction, which is, oh, my God, I you know, didn't realize it looked like this. And they said, how long has it been like this? I said, we're going on year three. And they were like, you're kidding me. I said, no, how do we fix this? I said, well, they say, it's, unfortunately, that's the App Store team, and the App Store team is behind a wall. I've actually had a converse, one conversation with the App Store team, and they said, and basically their thought was, well, we'll fix it when we get around to it. Now that is starting to affect the, uh, the iBook store, too. And I think that the question is, there's going to be a redesign of the App Store for the iPhone. Will this actually mean anything for the App Store and the iBook store? and the newspapers and magazines category going forward, or is it just cosmetic? That we'll find out. Yeah, and I, I'll say it's not promising. Um, you know, when they rolled out the HomePod, you know, one of the things I pointed out and took issue with was that, you know, they showed there's a, there's a slide, uh, a picture that's out there on the Internet of Phil Schiller talking about the HomePod. And there's a, at one particular point in the presentation, it shows here's the things that the HomePod's going to do at launch. And, Doug, if you haven't seen this, you, you need to Google it or I can send it to you. Uh, but um, it, <laughs> it's so typical. The, um, the bullet points encompass things like literally unit conversion is one of the bullet points on what Apple is using to promote the HomePod. I'm not making right. that up. It says it says unit conversion. <laughs> Meanwhile, digital books, you know, I avoid the term ebooks, but many people use it. Ebooks, digital books, iBooks, whatever you want to call it, uh, not present on that slide. And um, even if you're going to leave iBooks, you know, uh, you're not going to invest in it in the near term. You still have got it, right? I mean, why don't you... Yeah, and they did the thing with iBook Storytime for Apple TV, which was uh, actually a pretty cool implementation of iBooks where it reads uh, a number of kids' books out loud. You know, there's so many different things they could have done, and yet iBooks doesn't show up on that slide, and unit conversion does. And I should mention uh, that Phil Schiller 
also um, does not follow iBooks on Twitter. And this just starts to get into a bunch of things that you just wonder how a big company is run this way. Phil Schiller doesn't follow iBooks on Twitter, but you know who he does follow is all sorts of uh, exotic car companies. Right. And now, I don't have a problem with any of that, but it's like, do you mind following your own business? You, you know, it's, um, it, it starts to get frustrating. So, you know, well, that's where but, we come from. You know, the one thing, though, is uh, to give Apple a little, um, we'll get off their case for a second here. <laughs> you know, publishers have a lot of responsibility in all of this. And one of the problems with the book side of things is the same as the digital magazine side of things, which is a lack of enthusiasm for digital books. More importantly, um, a, a really thinking through what a digital book can be. I mean, if you look at the main trade association in the United States, each month they've been putting out a report on book sales and the story the media has is that ebook sales are actually going down, which is not true. It's just that the major publishers, that's true. And the reason, of course, it's not going down is because it's leaving out Amazon and other uh, venues. The thing, though, is, is that you, if you talk within the book publishing industry about what is a digital book, it almost always is limited to a digital version of a novel, mm. something that's simply text. Um, and therefore, you know, a very simple thing. iBooks author really allows you, when, once you get into it, to begin to think about what is possible in a book. Uh, and I always go back to when digital magazines first started coming out, and you'd get a digital magazine. I won't mention one because the, they always get angry when I criticize them. But, you know, a music magazine will put out a digital version, and the one thing the digital version will have that'll be missing is music. And it's like, well, you, you know, you, you can't put music in a print magazine, but why weren't you thinking about adding music to a digital magazine? Well, the same thing goes with books. I, I understand that a publisher doesn't want to necessarily completely rethink every book that they publish when they go from print to digital, but there should be somebody at a major publishing company that says, okay, this book, we're working on this book. What are we going to do with this from a digital side? And how are we going to make this uh, its own product that somebody's going to look at that and say, well, I'd rather have the digital version of that because it offers me so much more. And as you know, every year when you're looking at the digital books that you want to recommend, Bradley, there's, you know, there are a lot of great books, but it's still a, such an incredibly small percentage of all the books published. And unfortunately, a very small percentage of the kinds of the total number of books that could be that much better if somebody sat down and said, how do we think of this from a digital perspective? Um, sure. Yeah. And, and we deal with that all the time, you know, and, and we deal with it in non-traditional uh, sort of venues, uh, such as educators who come to us. And this is just a score publishing thing. People will come to us and say, uh, hey, I've got a physics textbook um, help me turn that into something interactive. I don't, I don't even know what the possibilities are. Um, you know, a recent project, uh, that we did a couple of months ago, we're opening up a guitar museum. We want to have an interactive, uh, book, uh, you know, an interactive piece of content, help us navigate the waters. And, um, you know, I, th I think that's an we're, uh, another area where the rubber meets the road for Apple because under Tim Cook, uh, you know, they, have adopted this attitude of 
Um, we don't necessarily need to be first, but we're going to be the best. And you see it um, in what Apple, the tech press has sort of written, you know, that uh, there's sort of some revisionist history, to be honest with you, that Apple's always been that way. No, uh, not necessarily, but, um, you know, it'd be nice if Apple would leave the market. And, and that, that leads me to um, what the good news is for Apple is, you know, I can be... You know, uh, I'm very critical of Apple on the topic of iBooks author. I feel like I need to do that uh, in charge of, uh, you know, the iBooks author conference. I've seen over the last couple of years that if I don't say something like me as in myself, nobody else is out there saying it. And so I, I embrace that role. You know, Apple, I think, um, uh, you know, they're, they're big folks over there. They can listen and decide if what's being said makes any sense. But we're going to continue to be critical and, and point out things that we want changed. But I'll tell you the good news. The good news for Apple is that Amazon has uh, not moved into the space um, and neither has anybody else. iBooks author still sits in this position where uh, it is uh, relatively easy to use uh, compared to the rest of the market of software tools that are in any way similar. Um, it's uniquely powerful in the way it's vertically integrated into the iBook store. Yeah, you can complain about the iBook store, and we definitely do, and there's merit there. But the fact is, anybody today can download iBooks Author and at a cost of $0.00 and 0 cents, publish a book into a... Uh, e-commerce channel that's over 50 countries worldwide and on literally hundreds of millions of uh, mobile phones and tablets. And, uh, you know, so the good news for Apple is that uh, the opportunity is still right there to be had. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I hope that they uh, act on that because... Uh, well, what Apple needs to do is go back to remembering why they launched things like iBooks Author. You know, in the end, you you launch products because it will make you money. But it, you know, so why is why would iBooks Author, a free product, make money for Apple? The answer is it's going to help you sell iPod or iPads, and it it's not a coincidence that as they began to lose interest in iBooks Author, they began to lose interest in digital newspapers and magazines. iPad sales went down. Sure. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. Part of it has to do that the, the, the cycle of an iPad is different than an iPhone. Nonetheless, if you begin to drive readers to the digital devices, then you're going to sell more digital devices. And so they they forgot that. <laughs> and I think that, that that's kind of a big mistake on their part. To just go back to what did we do in the past uh, when we launched the iPad? If, you, if they go back to that, I think that they'll start to realize that a very healthy ecosystem of the iBook store and the App Store will help them realize that they need to keep the software up to date, update it more often. And the other thing they could do, of course, if they really wanted iBooks Author to be um, updated on a regular basis is they could give it to Google. <laughs> Google is the best iOS developer in the world. They have more apps in the Apple App Store than Apple does, and they update their apps on a regular basis. And so that is just a bizarre thing, but if Google were to 
uh, be a responsible for iBooks author, you would see a completely different kind of situation. Now, of course, that will never happen, but it's just the idea that, you know, you have a product, do you keep your attention on it all the time? And that's what we'd like to see from Apple. So, so Douglas and, and Bradley both, those are just great explanations. And as someone who has not used iBook Author, I guess the first question maybe some of our listeners might be asking is, would these two guys recommend iBook Author at this point? Well, I think the thing about it is, is if you are a Mac user, it, it mm-hmm. is um, completely na- uh, familiar to you. Really, it, it takes you two seconds to create a book. There's templates. You just throw their text in. And what happens with it, with any good piece of software, you can do something immediate, immediately and create something. But then if you spend a little extra time, you begin to, to learn all the bells and whistles. It's not a software that you have to learn everything up front. It, it just allows you to do a very simple thing first and then do much more. Um, you know, you get into widgets and, and video and things like that. But at first, it's just like creating a Word document or something like that. Actually, to be honest with you, it's a lot easier than creating a Word document. Yeah, and to me, um, the answer is definitely yes as well. So, and I go back to, if you're going to create a digital book today, mm-hmm. right now, um, choose your topic. You hate Trump. You love Trump. You hate Apple. You love Apple. Um, you... Uh, you want to express your opinion on whatever it is. What are your options? So your options are um, you can go to Word and type something out and mm-hmm. export that to Kindle um, right. through one of Amazon's tools. And uh, you're going to, you know, that's a good, that's a viable option because Amazon does such a fantastic job of maintaining their own infrastructure and, and the discoverability of uh, the the book selling that goes on within uh, Amazon, as well as the searchability. It's easy to find content there. Uh, it, there's so much traffic. Um, it's a good place to be. If your ambitions go even one step beyond that, if you want to have high-resolution images, mm-hmm. if you want to have uh, any sort of multimedia, you want to have audio, you want to have some video, um, you you want to push boundaries a little bit, um, you know, it just uh, from a philosophical standpoint, or if you just know exactly what you want to do, um, iBooks Author is there for you. And yeah, it's on the Mac and it's on mm-hmm. Apple's ecosystem. Um, and uh, if you have an Android device, uh, you have a Kindle, uh, the content that you create currently is not going to be available to you, but it's still such a viable option. And I, I wrote an article a year or so ago about a approach that I had seen a couple of self-published authors, you know, just authors, I'll just use the general term, take, and that's taking content that they had brought to Kindle and using iBooks Author to create uh, what I called a premium edition Correct. of that book hmm. and selling it uh, for more. And, you know, nobody's roaming around the iBook store looking for something to buy. If they're going to buy something, they're going to buy one of the uh, options that uh, the iBooks team curates on the front of the store. So if you're going to sell on the iBook store, you've got to bring your own uh, audience. Uh, But if you can do that, or if it doesn't matter to you if you monetize content at all, like, for example, the keynote of the iBooks author conference this fall is NASA. NASA used iBooks author to create uh, Destination Jupiter, which is a interactive book 
that uh, talks about the Juno mission uh, to Jupiter, very successful. And um, NASA couldn't care less about monetizing it. Many people in organizations producing content don't. And if you don't, then that's another hurdle. That's another thing that Apple is bad at, is helping you monetize content that now you've rendered irrelevant and another reason to go and explore what iBooks Author can do for you. Yeah, I know we're getting close to the end of our time here, Bradley. And sure. I, this this is a this is a great discussion. It may warrant another another podcast because, you know, a lot of listeners and I know here in our publishing house we've we all we've always used InDesign, you know, which is but it's but it's costly and it's very expensive for for just maybe a single user or or a single author. And, and but but I know there's other open source and free tools available for writers like Scribus is another one, and so I, it'd really be interesting for the for the listeners I bet to to be able to to compare uh, other other tools that uh, they have at their disposal. Well, certainly they should know that iBooks Author exists, so they can go check it out um, at a minimum. And for people wanting to get uh, training in iBooks Author. Uh, we've released the iBooks Author Universe. Score Publishing runs something called the iBooks Author Universe at mm-hmm. iBooksAuthorUniverse.com, and it's completely free. Yep. Tons, of, tons of great training videos there, as well as actual files, source files from published books that you can go and check out. It doesn't make us any money; it just costs us money, but it's something that we wanted to do again. We're such advocates for the technology mm-hmm. that we have gone and created the only training portal that exists for iBooks Author outside of you know courses on Linda and Udemy um, that exists, and those are not free in any way. Uh, iBooks Author Universe is, and plus it's just better and more and more up to date uh, than a lot of that stuff. And so, if someone's listening to this and wondering what the deal is, they should definitely go check that out. Yeah. Doug, before we let you go. So I wanted to ask you, and we were talking a little bit before the podcast, you are about to embark on a vacation, and this podcast probably won't air until you're back, by the way, but uh, tell, us where, tell us where you're about to go. <laughs> Heading to Italy for uh, a nice uh, week and a half uh, out of the country. Uh, uh, it would be nice to be a little bit out of the, uh, the, the news cycle, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, although I bet I'll be on my phone checking things out every day. <laughs> Wish you safe travels in Italy. And, and thank just, you for letting me be on. Yeah, just wanted to say thank you. And Absolutely. For Publisher Nation, uh, we appreciate you listening. And until next time.